0: Welcome to Red, White, and Confused. I'm your host, Heather Evans. This week on the show kicks off our election interviews with candidates across the Southwestern Virginia districts running for various positions in 2023. Red, White, and Confused is part of the weekly lineup at WEHC. In the Emory area, you can find us on 90.7, in Wise, we are 90.5, in Clintwood, 90.3 in Norton 91.7 and in Pound 91.3. Our first set of interviews this week come from Wise County with the candidates who are running for the clerk of the circuit court. I have sent an invitation to all of the candidates who are planning to run in this county and today the show will feature two of those candidates. So first up is Robert England. Robert, thanks for coming on the show today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So I want to start with a little bit of your background. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and why you decided to run this year in Wise County?
1: Yes, I'm actually a native of Wise County, so born and raised, uh, graduated from Pound High School, which is no longer existent, in 1987. Uh, Met my wife shortly after that. She's a graduate of Pound High School, 1989, and we were married in 1992. So we've been married for over 30 years, uh, three boys, uh, Nick, who is deceased, and Daniel, uh, who is a graduate of UVA Wise. Nick was also a graduate of UVA Wise. Daniel's a graduate of UVA Wise and currently in graduate school, finishing up his doctorate degree. And Jack is attending UVA Wise as a freshman this year. So... Uh, Just That was just a little bit about my family. I started in the criminal justice field in 1987 with Big Stone Gap Police Department and was promoted not too long after that. So I was promoted at 20 years old to head up their uh, communications division. Not long after that, uh, 1991, I was hired at Wise Police Department and kind of finished out my full-time law enforcement career with them. At that point, I made a transition to K-12 education to actually head up a criminal justice program, which is a new idea at the high school level, and helped found many of Virginia's criminal justice programs at the high school level that we have today. Um, While doing K-12 education, I jumped into school administration. So I was a high school principal for a few years and was able to Uh, worked my way into that position from uh, a promotion standpoint, supervised quite a few people. So in that position, I managed over 100 people. Uh, We had county budget, we had state budgets that we dealt with, and obviously federal grants. So I supervised a lot of people, kind of cut my teeth on executive level leadership at that point. And that, that was a great experience. I really enjoyed myself. And that's when I knew that Um, My calling was definitely in higher level leadership, so I enjoyed that, enjoyed uh, the people and everything that came with that. Not long after that school system was kind of in a consolidation situation, so I had an opportunity to jump to higher education, went to Mountain Empire as criminal justice professor in 2005. And uh, not long after that, found myself in an administrative role there. So I, I served as their dean for a couple years and was able to supervise again. Well over 100 people, managed uh, millions of dollars in federal grants in that position and obviously had to deal with contracts and paychecks and uh, employee evaluations and all the things that somebody would do in a leadership position which was also very rewarding. Uh, after a couple of years standing that in an interim role, I stepped back into my teaching role and did that for several years and then found the opportunity. Uh, the college needed a uh, police chief kind of in a bind, and that was my background in law enforcement, so I served as their campus police chief in addition to teaching that year at the same time. So, also got to cut my teeth again as a um, executive level position and in, in law enforcement and kind of find my way back into that. So really, uh, just taking that experience and some of my background and my wife and I talking about it and praying about it for a number of years, this is my thirty six year in public service, and if you count the thirty six years that I have and the twenty Uh, five or 26 years that she has we have over 60 years combined public service experience and so I wanted to uh, take that experience and do something that I felt like would benefit the people of Wise County. I'd had really uh, probably at least a couple hundred people that had approached me and said Robert you should consider getting into politics we need good people in office and you've got a lot of experience and you have a lot to offer to folks and obviously uh, in that 36 years I had developed some pretty strong relationships and both sides of our family my wife and I's family have been in the county for well over 150 years so we had very strong ties and very strong um, sense of community and what we needed to do from a public service standpoint so it just kind of lined up we were empty nesters our boys were grown and moved on and and we found ourselves in an empty house trying to figure out what do you do with the last part of your career. So for me, I wanted to do something that would benefit the folks of Wise County and put my experience to practice and just see what we could do. So, you know, that's really the, the, the pure reason behind it. I'm not a politician. So it really surprised me when a lot of people said you, you should consider getting into politics. But I think it's because of the friendships and relationships that we had with so many people.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that many in Wise County might be listening right now and thinking to themselves, well, what in the world does the clerk of the circuit, the circuit court office even do? So what can you tell our listeners a little bit about what is that job like? What would be your primary responsibilities?
1: Well, there's there's over 800 responsibilities that the clerk has. So if you look at what the Code of Virginia says and all the different things that the clerk has to do, it, I don't think we would have time to cover each one of those functions. But in its basic format, obviously, they would be uh, very closely associated in advising public safety, whether that be law enforcement or uh um, helping advise judges, helping advise Commonwealth attorney. Obviously they would be dealing with court management, making sure the docket was in place and that all the court proceedings were recorded the way that they needed to be recorded. And then there would also be the land management records that would have to be in place, any probate situation with with wheels or jury duty would also be there. Concealed weapon permits, passports. Um, It's really a lot of management, uh, and I believe that the clerk's position, quite honestly, is an executive level leadership position. So that person would go into the office, and they would make sure that the folks that are in place already, that things were kind of playing themselves out the way that they needed to. But anything that would be a court-related service, or a land management service, wheels, anything that would deal with attorneys, Commonwealth attorney, obviously that would be the responsibility of the clerk. Uh, on top of that, and one of the reasons that I think it's an executive leader, leadership position is because you would be managing people. And there would be a lot of people to deal with day in and day out. So we really need somebody that can walk into that position that has managed people before, that understands budgets, that understands how to do a state budget, that understands the folks in Richmond, the legislative process, how that you would be awarded state-level grants, federal-level grants, people that have signed a paycheck. You know, I've had to hire people. I've had to fire people. Um, I've had to do things that are tough in a leadership position, and I'm experienced in that. So really, this election is about hiring to some degree through an election process somebody that has that experience that can make sure these 800 functions are handled the way they need to be handled and you know we're kind of in a in a tipping point in Wise County you know i've said for a number of years we've seen population decline and we've seen industry come in and out of the county and you need somebody that even in a clerk's position that can represent us in Richmond and i think i'm that person i think when i walk in the door I know I've done it before, as I told you before the interview, I'm in D.C., so when I walk into meetings, I know people, and when I walk into meetings in in Richmond, I, I'm going to be known. It's not going to be an introductory process. It's going to be, hey, how's it been going, and tell us what we can do, so that's that's really what I'm after, and I just want to represent the people in the courthouse and make sure they have a strong leader in me.
0: So I did a little Googling on the website for the clerk of the circuit court. And I noticed there are a lot of things that Wise County has the ability to do online right now. Things like e-filing, criminal and civil litigation, real estate records, even applying for the concealed handgun permit. Um, So. Under your leadership, if you do get the the position, do you plan to continue those online services for residents? Yeah, I
1: would. You know, one of the, I, I hate to call it a platform, but, you know, I think one of the things that we would need to do is make sure, first of all, first and foremost, we need to be accountable to people. And, you know, not being a politician, I've heard so many politicians, especially at the local level, say, you know, I'm only accountable to people during the election year. So I'm only accountable every four years. In this position, it would be every eight years. And I've heard that said from um, either town council folks or uh, just other elected officials. Just let me leave it at that. And I think first and foremost, the clerk has to be accountable every single day. So you have to be accountable and you have to be accessible. So when people walk into the courthouse, the clerk needs to be there. And if the clerk is not there, the clerk needs to be accessible in some other fashion. So one thing I've done during my campaign has been to put my personal cell phone number out. And that's something that I've, I've not hidden. I've told people, if you need me, you call. So I would, I would do the same thing. So from an access standpoint, accessibility of the office, obviously, we would need to continue a lot of the things that, that are taking place right now. Uh, I think there's things that we can do differently. And I think there's things that we can maybe do more efficiently. And really, one of the main concerns that I've run into with folks talking about the electronic system that's in place, uh, I had a meeting, a meet and greet the other night, and I had actually somebody that has a degree in information technology. And they said, Robert, there's a real concern with cybersecurity and identity theft and title theft and You know, what what is in place that would prevent that from happening? And that's obviously something I would need to take a look at to make sure that we had the proper vendors that were providing services through the e-filing and the litigation and some of the other things that you were discussing. We need to make sure that those vendors and those systems are secure But we, uh, you know, I'm all for making the information even more accessible if we can, but it needs to, we need to be really careful that it's in a secure environment. And then another thing that I think we can do that we're not doing in the courthouse is uh, a lot of those systems are not communicating with the other constitutional offices. So there's not a really good segue between the system that's in place, let's say, to the sheriff's office or maybe to the commissioner of revenue or even to the treasurer's office. And since the clerk is dealing with land records, obviously, there's some things that we would need to connect up with the commissioner's office for assessments to help them. And from a criminal record standpoint, we need to be able to help the sheriff's office as much as we can and have access to attorneys. So, you know, that's, and with citizens too, you know, if you walk in with a document and you say, hey, I need this, this filed, well, a lot of the electronic filing, we need to make sure that if you don't have that in an electronic format that we're providing that services for the citizens and they don't have to go to an, take an additional step to go to an attorney and have that done. done.
0: Well, I have a ton of questions that I want to ask you, but unfortunately we have limited time, but I want to put in one more question. And this is okay. like, I like to ask all candidates, this, this is the elevator speech. So this is your two minute elevator speech. Tell our listeners right now, you're selling yourself. Why should they come out and vote? Cause I know you're going to have a primary first. Why should they consider you for the primary to, to, to win the primary?
1: One thing that I've always said from a leadership standpoint is you need to find somebody that's doing the job, a leadership job, and then you give them a title. And so often, what we do is we give somebody a title and pray that they become a leader. And becoming a leader is that's just not something that happens. You know, we can use a lot of examples uh, throughout history and even in modern history, modern political history, where you could say, on paper, this person looks like they could do a good job and then they get elected to a certain position and you're, you just think, oh my goodness, they've blown it. You know, this is a horrible choice. And the thing that I think that citizens can uh, rest easy on with me is when I've hired people, I've always tried to hire people first on integrity, but I really try to hire folks that I look at and say, why have peace of mind? with this person? Do I know that they're a good person? Do they do the job? Are they capable? Are they competent? Quite honestly, that uh, when you compare me to the other candidates, you have that peace of mind. You have somebody that has a 36 year track record of doing jobs and doing them quite honestly to a very high standard, to the point that people were satisfied. And I've been able to move from position to position. And not only in what I would call followership positions, but in leadership positions. You know, it's not easy leading over a hundred people. And I've done that in two, two different settings and I've done it effectively. I've written grants, gone through audits, signed paychecks, written contracts, done performance evaluations managed, organized. I mean, I could go down the line for 20 minutes and tell you the things that I've done. And the thing that I think is an affirmation to me, not only having that experience, but doing a good job is some of the, the people that were my leaders in those positions when I was in leadership positions were some of the folks that reached out and said, Robert, you need to run for office. And when you do, I want to sign in my yard. I want to be the very first one. So my, actually my current boss right now at the college was, he got the first sign. And some of my, some of my other bosses that I've had, they have signs in their yard and they said, we're going to endorse you. And I I think to me, that's a real testimony to the job that I've done and the relationships that I've formed, that people have witnessed me work hard and do the things that I need to do. And let me just add this real quickly too. I know you're almost out of time. You know, what, uh, what, what I do off the clock is just as important to me. So I've been um, involved on all kinds of volunteer boards. I serve on the board at UVA Wise, on the foundation board. My family and I have helped establish our late son, Nick. We've established uh, 23 scholarships in his name. We've raised hundreds of thousands of dollars in the last four or five years, but I volunteer on numerous boards. Don't get paid a penny to do it. That's what I want to do. So even at the end of the day, when I clock out, I'm still uh, going home, kind of changing clothes, doing my thing and serving the community. And that's what I want to continue to do.
0: Well, thanks again for being on the show. So if anyone out there is listening and would like to volunteer on your campaign, how can they do so?
1: Well, like I told you earlier, I'm I'm putting my telephone number out there. Hey so. what, you
0: don't have to announce it on the show. What we'll do okay. is we'll get it up on the post that goes on live on Facebook. Okay. But yes, so you everyone can reach out to Robert uh, individually and personally.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm you know, I've always said I want to be accessible, and that's the one thing that I've prided myself on is when people call, I respond. And I'm quick to do that because I know people's time is uh, is valuable to them and it's valuable to me. And so, yes, if they want to help in any way, we'd, uh, we'd be happy to have you on board. We have a, a great group of people that's doing that right now, but I'm not going to tell anybody no. Uh, obviously, on primary day, we'll need all the help we can get. But thank you for having me. And I really appreciate your time.
0: Well, thanks for being on the show and good luck on your election. Thank you. On the second half of our program today, we are chatting with the second candidate for the circuit court clerk in Wise County, Chad Wilson. So Chad, thanks for coming on the show today.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: So I want to start, um, I'm actually doing this with all candidates. I want to start with some of your background. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and why you decided to run for office this year in Wise County?
2: Sure. Sure. Um... It's kind of a little late bloomer, you might say. Uh, I started off more in a blue-collar role. Uh, I uh, started off with Patey Lumber Company right out of high school, and I may be telling you a little more than you want to know. If I am, that's fine. Just let me know. But then I, I made mining roof bolts for about a year, and then I went to Norfolk Southern after I got laid off at the bolt factory, and I worked as a mechanic for Norfolk Southern at Andover, Virginia where I was a certified welder and I worked on diesel locomotives and freight cars. At that time, my wife got in, when I was working for North and my wife got into pharmacy school. So we moved to Northern Virginia. I really didn't see coal holding out to kind of keep me till I was retirement age. So, um, it was a difficult decision, but we made that move. And she went on to pharmacy school. And while I was up there, I've had several jobs, uh, one of my favorites, which I was a appliance repairman and delivery uh, and did, serve, uh, did service delivery and sales. So that was uh, one of the, the favorite jobs I have ever had. Um, just uh, it was a mom and pop operation, uh, small town in Winchester, Virginia, a beautiful area and a great bunch of guys to work with. Um, but I moved from there. I knew I was coming back. So I wanted to find something I could kind of transfer back here with. So I went to work for VDOT in Marshall, Virginia. I already had a CDLs from the railroad, so that was kind of an easy transition. I've run equipment most of my life um, being grown up on a farm. So um, I ran equipment. I've done flagging, drove a truck, just whatever you had to do here. And I did that and finished up my undergrad while I was working there at um, VDOT. And I finished up, I actually finished up at UVA Wise. And once I finished up, I applied to law school and drove from Big Stone to Grundy every day for about three years. I had a small son and um, didn't want to leave him. That's when my son was only two. So I did that, finished up law school, passed the bar, and hung my own shingle right there in Norton, Virginia. And I stayed in Norton, I think it was about 18 months. And once... I left Norton. I moved across from a courthouse in Wise, a little better location, a little more convenient. When I got there several years in, you know, I'd, I'd noticed some things with the clerk's office that I'd like to change to make a change. But from there, I went on to prosecute in uh, Scott County. As far as my background in personal practice, I did uh, criminal defense, was my primary. Uh, area of practice when I first started out. I wound up, I did like most local practitioners, I did wills and deeds. Um, But then I got into real estate loan closings. I also have done medical malpractice, personal injury. I've done divorce, both contested, uncontested, a little bit of child custody. I have been uh, appointed special commissioner in some real estate cases. Uh, So I've done about everything you can possibly do with the clerk's office. Uh, even we had we had one case that we actually took the Supreme Court on an administrative issue where we had a problem with an administrator trying to get re-qualified, uh, couldn't get that done through the clerk's office, and we actually took that case to the Supreme Court and got new law made and made a right of survivorship for administrators in Virginia for Uh, until that time there was only right of survivorship for executors so that's some of the stuff I've done and that was actually in a case dealing directly with the clerk's office
0: great so um in thinking about the clerk role I I think that sometimes people perhaps hear about this position but they're not really sure what it means or what someone in this position would be doing um so what can you tell them what are the primary responsibilities of the person who would assume this role?
2: Uh, there are over 800 duties of the circuit court clerk, um, and if I sit here and told you I could name half of them off the top of my head, I would be lying. I would not be able to do so, um, but they range from, it's basically keeping the court records, both civil and criminal, seeing that the records that need to go to the Court of Appeals uh, and the Supreme Court to get there. Uh, we keep the land records. We keep the uh, debtor's book of judgments. Um, they deal with marriage license, concealed carry permits, um, things as small as if you have a decedent in the, in the state here or in the county here, um, that nobody claims a John Doe, uh, they do the paperwork to, uh, make the final arrangements for the, for the body. So there are many, many duties of the Supreme, of the clerk's office.
0: Yeah, and I actually did a little Googling uh, before these interviews, kind of looking around the websites at all of the things that the clerk's office really handles, and I noticed there are a lot of things right now that one can do online, like e-filing of criminal and civil litigation, real estate records, applying for the concealed handgun permit that you mentioned, and things like that. So if you get the position, do you plan to continue those online services for folks?
2: Absolutely. Uh, the only only change that I would make is uh, I would do more. I would do more when it comes to accepting paper filing. We have a lot of folks in our area who, uh, and I use them for an example all the time. They're going to get mad at me eventually. But my mom and dad are both seventy nine years old. They do not scan their own documents, and when they walk into the clerk's office with a deed, the clerk should scan that for them and file their deed. That. That should sound like a very simple thing, but it does not happen in our county. Uh, But yes, the illegal case pro system, I was there when it came out. I was in on the pilot program. I have been dealing with it since its existence. I've also dealt with the MXNet system, which is our system we use for real estate filings. Uh, Of course, when I did real estate loan closings, um, that just made it more convenient for my clients. Um, Also, when it comes to the Okra system, which is the state Supreme Court system, uh, I've had dealings with that in Scott County, as long as well as the switch over from going to, uh, from illegal case pro to Okra. We had to do that in Scott County. And I can talk a little bit of, uh, about that later, but uh, yes, I'm very familiar with the filings. I have no, no issues with it. I love the convenience. I've used it for many years, but uh, you know, Unfortunately, we live in an economically depressed area, and we still have a lot of folks who don't have access to the Internet, and it's it's difficult for them. So I'd like to make that as easy on them
0: as possible. So you mentioned um, that you'd run before, and you're running now. Um, so obviously there are things you would like to change. I was wondering if there are changes you would seek to implement with the annual budget for the clerk of the court. Are there, are there things specifically that, that you'd like to do?
2: I would look um, specifically, there's a few areas I'd like to look at. I'd like to look at our uh, filing system and see financially, is it the best system for the county? Uh, that's what one thing I would like to look at. Another thing I would like to look at right now, we're using a, I don't really call it a blockchain, but we've looked at a blockchain system. Uh, that I'm not on board with at this time. I just don't feel that right now we have technolo- the technologies there to implement that. I know there's been some other states that have tried it and have gone away from it. And until you can actually do a decentralized blockchain, I think it's going to be difficult.
0: So I'm asking every candidate this, I'm going to ask you as well, because um, we have limited time on the show, unfortunately. This is the elevator speech time. So I was hoping that for about the next couple of minutes, you could tell our listeners why, you know, the primary is coming up um, for you. Why should they consider voting for you? Uh,
2: I think experience is the big thing. Um, I I do not have a negative thing to say about any candidates running. I'll I'll start that off uh, by saying that uh, when when you have to talk negatively about someone else, you probably don't have much to offer, but uh, experience-wise, I have almost 14 years of legal experience from every end of the spectrum. Um, With that being said, you know, there's a lot to say about just life experience that goes with it. And I've been there, I've run my own business. And I think that's important because I want to make people feel like, I wanted them to feel when they come into my office that they were important to me and that we needed to figure out what their issue was and let's get them resolved so they can get on their way and be about their own business as quickly as possible. I think experience is one and also I'd like to to think that for the things that I would look to improve are more geared toward um, ease for the average citizen coming in off the street. I want to make things better for the folks who's coming in. We're the only county around who don't help with uh, passports. Uh, I'd like to see that. And I know that you could still get a passport in Wise County in Big Stone, but if you live up near Pound, that's a pretty good hike for you. Um, so I'd like to see that change. I'd like to see us answer the phone. I know that sounds simple, but if you're just needing something quick and you're all the way down in Big Stone and you got you can't get through, you got to get up there, uh, just for a quick answer. that's that's unacceptable in my mind. So there's a few things I would like to change, customer related. There's some things that I would like to look at, and I think my experience dealing with a changeover already from that illegal case pro system uh, adds a benefit. One of them is, you know right now there's been a change in law where um, civil or criminal defendants have an automatic right of appeal. And by doing so, we have a lot more appeals. The Attorney General handles those for us. And then of course, they either go to the Court of Appeals or the Supreme Court based on jurisdiction. So right now, they have to come in and deal with two separate systems. Um, If we went just to, and I'm not saying we would, but that's probably where I would look, if we went just to the uh, state Supreme Court system, they would only have to deal with one system and it would make it much easier. Going through that transition in Scott County, I've seen some things that need to be done differently when you go through there. The indexing is horrible if it's not done correctly. It's going to be horrible for everybody who has to do it. So, I think my experience dealing with that would make it better for the attorneys. Uh, as long with, as long as everybody else who who may want to look something up in a case knows our public records, everybody's welcome to look at them.
0: Well, thank you again for coming on the show, Chad, and good luck in your election. Now, if there's any listeners out there who would like to volunteer on your campaign, how can they contact you?
2: Uh, Personal sale. Uh, I give out literature all the time. It has my personal sale number on it. I feel like our uh, people should be accessible in our offices.
0: So I was going to say my previous um, person that I had on for the position as well mentioned their their personal sale. So I'll get that from you after the show is over, and I'll be sure to include that on Facebook. So that well, people I can make it. it
2: all up. Okay, thank you.
0: Well, thank you for being on the show, and thanks to everyone for listening. If you missed any piece of the broadcast today, you can catch up any other time uh, by podcast, or you can listen locally on Thursdays at six and Sundays at one. It's been great hanging out with all of y'all this week. Have a wonderful week.